Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that his wife is working out of a woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. My other favorite thing is so. I love my hair is a little bit longer and the humidity is high. And it's lush. My hair is, I feel like John Travolta. Like, don't mess with my hair, right? <laughs> it takes a long time. Uh-huh. So I like fixed it and I looked like basically Brandon from the Peach Pit. <gasps> that was like my. That's really weird that you said that, that because of the channel. shirt you're wearing today. That was the first thing I thought. Oh, I didn't even. You're wearing a Peach Pit shirt. It's a Peaches shirt. What's, Peaches Records. What and difference tapes. does that make? Well, one is a restaurant and one is a Peach and, uh, Records and Tape store. And one of them is an imaginary restaurant. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I am I am ready. It's taken. It takes a second. It doesn't take long for me to fix my hair, but it takes it takes a second. So we go to Williamsburg, and already I got out, and I'm like, I'm in the wrong spot because everyone in Williamsburg, it's like, hi. I'm going to dress as ugly, as an unattractive, and unapproachable as possible. Yeah. And it's the most, it's like, oh, I thought I looked nice until, oh, I, I should look, I should wear pants that are seven sizes too large, belted at my nipples, and have like a crop top. And Always then like a an crop ironic, top. Yeah. Like, like Manson follower haircut. Mm-hmm. Okay. I so, mean, none of this <clears> is surprising <throat> to me because I lived in Brooklyn for two years. It's always surprising because I'm like, wow, you're really, like, that is just... I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done cap. that. I just wouldn't have done that. I, I just wouldn't have done that. <laughs> but um, that's why at a certain age, you're not allowed in Brooklyn anymore. They well, actually come to your door on a unicycle and they, and they knock, but like softly, because you don't want to hurt the knuckles. Right. And, and then they say, you're over 35, sir. And then they give you a ticket to New Jersey. Yes. Well, that was very obvious. So mm-hmm. I'm standing there. Uncomfortable because then the person that we were meeting has been drinking. The other thing I don't appreciate after being a bartender and they're like, coming, it's out. I'm like, after I've worked till 4 a.m., how, what condition am I going to find you in? Oh. Anyway, so I'm like, meet us out. And I come like, All right, I think she's drunk. You know, just meet us by the tree in the black car. I'm like, what? Oh. It's like a warped album. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> did she just say Paul is dead? Yeah, I don't know. Where she playing that backward? So I show him, she's like, oh my God, look at you guys, I haven't seen you forever. And then puts her hand in my hair. No, no, okay. Which I can do, which is fine. Okay, because it's it not going to fall because off. Because it could stand, you know, one of those things. But then it was- <laughs> One of those it things. It turned into one of those things where I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I said it to her, I was like, are you, f-? she's like, she brushed my hair back and pulled it up and off to the side and whatever. And I'm Why like, would you do that? to like, somebody all, you can't do that to curls number number two are you fucking crazy you're putting your hands in a gay man's hair that looks like this and you expect to have your hands back you're to not you? yeah yeah why would you do that in general <clears throat> i looked at marcus and he's like wow we're, we're we've got to go and we spent I, a long time coming out here to turn around to right. go back home and then later i checked out myself and i looked like i Horshack. looked <laughs> i looked like um malin from Steel Magnolias. I was like, <laughs> she had blown up my hair with her hands after I contained everything. Hands are nature's pick. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. yeah. So we went to the liquor store, naturally, because we were in Brooklyn, you have to drink outside with your own bottles or whatever. 
Mason jars. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, we go in, and there's two things that shocked me at the liquor store. One, on my way out, they're like, uh, you have to be born after this date in order to purchase liquor. Don't look at that number. What's wrong with you? Well, it's I, in the 2000s, I, right? I've never, I haven't looked at that in, I don't know how long, because it's, it's just not a thing. My eyes go right to it. Yesterday, I think I burst into flames. <laughs> what was the number? 2000. I I honestly was so taken aback. Like you have to you have to be born by 2000. For, just for the record, we're in 2021. The map is so clear and simple for me and I, I just had to confirm 2000 literally 21 yeah. years after 2000. I, I just I'm, I'm I mean, I know that I'm not that brain dead. I understand, but I think it's just the visual of, of the 2000. Why 2K babies insane. can get hammered on Boone's farm just like their ancestors did before them. Well, and then behind that register is a huge-ass mirror, and that's when I noticed that I'm like, I've been standing <laughs> in the middle of this fucking weird uh, uh, block party that I don't know why I was at, and I looked like... Yahoo like, serious? I look like Chrissy Snow. I'm like literally just, trying to pull every. But no, Chrissy Snow would be a good thing to look like. In a windstorm. It was just, I'm a lot. I mean, you've spent a lot of time on that sun in, in your hair. I did. And it, is, it should lemons. be appreciated from afar, like art. You wouldn't go up to a Degas and put your sticky, disgusting Brooklyn mitts all over it, especially after you've been making kombucha in your basement or whatever the True. hell happens in Brooklyn. Well, let me tell you this. I will never go up to anybody and put my hands in the I air won't touch anywhere. people. Haven't we learned anything after this pandemic? Do we even have to shake hands? No, but apparently that's coming back too. Oh, yes, and the soul-crushing handshake is coming back. It's almost like I have had a year and a half to not shake a hand, and now I'm going to overcompensate, and I'm going to give you, like, Thor's handshake. And Someone shook my you- hand last night, and I was like, Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel right. At least they didn't give you the bro pat on the back, so they crush your hand, Pull you and in. then they heimlich you from behind. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, why? When are we doing that? Why are we doing this? We don't have to. Didn't we learn anything? The after handshake a year is and fine. Half? I don't need to reach around and then clear up my, you know, yeah, spleen. I, I would. Well, I wouldn't mind that if it goes with a massage. I don't. At this point, I don't know. Don't touch someone's hair. That's disgusting. I literally was like, I can't, I can't even. I couldn't even imagine. I mean, Why do this people is so stupid to even complain about. But- no, no, no. It's okay. That's what this podcast is for. Stupid. <laughs> stupid complaints and advice. Uh, yeah, for me, look, if I'm wearing a hat, there's a reason I'm wearing a hat. Sure. I didn't want to do my hair. Or it goes with the outfit. For some reason, whenever I wear a hat, without fail, Somebody tries to take it off my head during the course of a day. I, I would never take that. a hat off of somebody's Like when people do breach certain lines with the two of us specifically, I always wonder, would I do that to someone? I would never walk up and be like, you know what? I'm going to put my hand all up in that hair. It's like, would you walk over to flip s- it? Yeah, would you ever walk up to someone who's wearing overalls and just undo them? No. But so people why would, you- would do that to me. Yeah. 100%. I don't understand taking the hat off. Why would I? Would you ever go up to some girl who had just like did like a French twist in her hair and just put just start rubbing it as if yeah. like you're you're Demi oh Moore and God. ghosts trying to create some pottery bullshit? Yes. Uh, 
<laughs> like, I can't even. I was like. Look, we are at an age where it takes two Sherpas, sauces, gravies, juices, berries, uh, scaffolding, you know, a construction company to put all the base level of look together. Listen, when your hair has fallen out two to three times and it starts to grow back, it takes an, it takes a village to make sure that a certain spot in your head doesn't look like it's been in a forest fire. When you plant seeds, you don't trample the ground. And you certainly don't let some drunk-ass girl <laughs> undo what you've just fucking done. Who works in a latte shop. Not coffee, latte. And put seven strangers... In a loft. To live in Brooklyn and try not to kill each other. It's time to welcome you to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I'm your host, Brad Garrett. And I'm Sir Michelle Geller. And we're coming to you from the Maha'a Bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. Oh! I'm coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. It's <laughs> a god last goddamn time I want somebody who uses fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo and I gotta talk about a fucking dog dying. Wow. Casey Kasem. He, there's a lot to unpack there. I didn't know he had that a just... little, little Bill O'Reilly in all of us. Well, I mean, it, there's it something about sense. his voice yelling at you. Get out there and mow the fucking lawn. I don't do Casey Kasem. Don't you do Casey Kasem? I would have to take a second. Okay, you you ma- marinate on that for okay. a minute while I continue to tell the good people that this week, like all weeks, we are bringing you not only the rage of Casey Kasem, but the advice columns of Ann Landers and Dear Abby. We're yanking them out of the closet, running an iron over them, and seeing if they still fit. And then we're throwing them in a bag and giving them to Goodwill with some mothballs in there just to make sure nobody eats through the sweaters. That's right. We read the articles of Ann Landers and Dear Abby, and we laugh. And you should be laughing too. So follow us on your social media. <laughs> At, I'm making chicken arms right now, and it's um, it's a fun Sunday here at the pod. Is so this? follow us for more of these wacky antics on your social media at Dear Pod Official on your Insta, your Twitter, your Face. Check out our website, DearPodOfficial.com, where you can binge every last bloody episode we've given to you, good people. <gasps> do you know that we take advice questions I from do. our listening audience mm-hmm. once a week? 
Yes, I, you I can be one of those lucky people, you know, Me? if you email us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com. And finally, and most importantly, our Patreon page. Become a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash dearpodofficial for a mere 3 or $5 a month, depending on your membership level. And I highly recommend Vianetta. That's the $5 level. You will get extra special tidbits delivered to your inbox every week, including our specialty cocktails, bedtime stories, and videos of me falling down the stairs and breaking my tailbone. Jim! <laughs> it never gets old. It's just always a good time. It is. Yeah. My ass will never be the same. And it also goes to prove that that we have neighbors where if somebody gets murdered, nobody gives a shit. No one's coming and to And that's home. so reassuring to me. Nobody's coming to my aid. Um... But they are wind chime people. We live around the corner from the wind chime people. I like wind chimes. Do you really? I've grown to like them. They're haunting. I grew up on too many horror movies to think that a wind chime was a relaxing sound. Well, Wind chime tells you when the aliens are getting closer because it stops abruptly. Yes. Also warns you when the tornado's coming. Exactly. Well, I hope you've got your fireworks display ready. Because it's the 4th of July it's happening. Independence Day. It's my favorite holiday. Everybody's favorite holiday. Where everybody drinks White Claw because that's the only thing available in stores. I guess. And, you know, tries to blow up pieces of the country. I just need to get, like, a good location to get all the fireworks. Because I need to, like, blow out my hair first and put on my ironic hat and get pictures in front of the fireworks. The fireworks. We went to Costco the other day. Your favorite place in the world. And right as soon as you walk in, there's a huge fireworks case that you can get for 150 bucks. And I'm talking, it is taller than me and twice the width. I was like, who needs this? In New Jersey, that? because it's always not the smartest person who's lighting that stuff off. It's your neighbor who It's lives my parents. <laughs> six feet away. I don't personally like at-home fireworks because they all suck. I want to be dazzled. I want Whitney, <laughs> I want Whitney Houston to like one moment in time, oh, Star Spangled yeah. Banner playing. I want like- An like, experience. Yeah. I don't want like, you know, it's like, hey, do you want to come over and watch me do my pole dance? No. Leave it to a professional that I'm going to pay. You want Disney's Illuminations or whatever that Epcot end of the day. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Illuminations? I don't know. I almost said Illuminati. This is Disney's just like Illuminati. the richest people in the world come out and they put their fingers in a little triangle yeah, shape. Sure. And explosions. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't. I don't enjoy going to the fireworks, like going, going. And then you like scope out a spot on a lawn and then you put a blanket down. I went to one fireworks display in Sonoma where I don't know why they let people get so close to the source of these things, like, you know, where they were lighting them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm realizing, I'm like, God, these fireworks are like, I was like, why is my neck hurt? Because they were like 10 feet away from my face. Probably a bad idea. Yeah, but I was Third still like, it, at the whole time I'm there, I'm like, this might not be safe. And I'm just looking up at the sky like, I... If you can feel it come down, you're maybe too close to the fireworks. I think there's like a happy distance where you can appreciate the whole visual. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when people, um, uh, 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 like musicals on, uh, when they tape musicals for TV or whatever, yeah. and they don't know how to actually showcase the choreography. So they just show one person's like tap and you're like, 
Well, that doesn't make it. That's not impressive. No. You need to step back. You need to see everything. Get a drone shot. Yes. Give yourself some distance. And also, you're fighting for that spot. Then you're arguing with everybody that's like right on top of your your And you're with families. No. Nobody likes And then you have to get up and leave at the end. And then there's like everyone is just like Mass exodus. Yeah. 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 Everybody. It's like slowly exiting Shea Stadium. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this was fun. Step. Pause. Uh, Step. Pause. Step. Pause. Pause. All right. Gently. Yeah, not a big, not 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 big into the, the scene. Except there was one time. Here's the cool thing: on the lake in New Hampshire, they do a fireworks display, and everybody goes out in their boats, and it's a big thing. And you all go to one side of the lake, and this one, <laughs> this one year, they lit off the finale first. By accident. Yep. You know how like they line up things, and then they'll just go down with a with a lighter, uh-huh. and then just go boop boop boop. Well. Chach McGee started from the right and went to the left, and he lit off the finale. So that was how the show started, and I was like, yeah, it was like going in reverse. So I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. If this is how they're starting, and imagine how it's going to end. But then they had all the other fireworks, so they just went, it went. It was like a decrescendo. That actually might be nice. Like, oh, my God, it's starting. You get the best ones, and you're like, do you want to go? I think I can go, because it's just like, Psh. Then they just have the yellow ones that go, yeah. and then the hair, it looks like it's hair. Yeah, like the fry That's guys. That's when you know you can yeah. leave. Yeah. Yes, or the Manamana guys. That's Ooh. what I see. Manamana. Manamana. Well, this is all well and good. Is it? Is it? I think so. This week's topic is Military. In honor of the 4th of July and for our our boys overseas, anyone in the armed forces, this week's theme is military. We're finding military articles from Ann Landers and Dear Abby. There were a lot of them. Believe it or not. I'm walking on air. I uh, agree. This is the one thing that I did find. Oh. What I do like, do you ever watch like all the military like show, like MASH? Never. Yes. Mash. Oh my God. China Beach. Nope. Homefront. Nope. No. China Beach was awesome. Mash, China Beach, Homefront, which was based on World War II, which with Kyle Chandler. I think his oh, big breakout. Oh, I love Kyle Chandler. It was the mo- most visually stunning show because they did it 100% correct. Then after a while, it's like, psst, Oh no. I've never watched these. I don't seek out military viewing things. I remember watching Saving Private Ryan and be like, well, that's the first or last time I see that. Well, you don't need <gasps> to see it twice. No, you really don't. You get the idea. It is a downer. Well, I mean, war is a downer. My brother is obsessed with all things war. So is my father. They like reading about it. They I, they go to Gettysburg. I went to Gettysburg with my father. It sounds lame. It was Hours long, I was like, oh, God, I can't look at any more headstones to talk about where the cannons were. Uh, I know this is like an important part of our history, but now, then I turn into every little kid. I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about war anymore. But is there anything to look at at this point? Uh, yeah, it's a huge field. Right, a, a field, right. Yeah, and they have like memorials sort of all over. They have There's a lot of statues. And you can drive it or you can walk it. I would never, I would die if I walked it. We ended up driving it. I I don't even, I think by the time we, like, cause there's like 20 different stops or something. The only one I wanted to see was the haunted one. 
there's like a there's a statue of General Lee and right around there it's known to be very haunted. All right, let's do this. We have military articles. Do you want to start us off? Yes, I would like to say that. Let me salute you. I do remember asking my mom if I could enlist. <gasps> when? Like, Are you nuts? I don't I just wanted to get out of the house, I think. <laughs> I was just bored. What would you what did would you want to enlist in? I don't know. I don't know. Army, like, Navy, anything, Marines. Anything was better than hanging out in Oak Park for me. Oh my I mean. god. You know what I thought about for two? This was like literally a blip on the radar for me. I was like, maybe I should I should join the Navy SEALs. Uh-huh. And then I woke up. I think I'd like to join the Navy. I mean, look at that outfit. I, I don't like the seamen. All right, let's do this thing. All right. This is from the Newport Daily News, Newport, Rhode Island, August 17th, 1966. Dear Abby, my son, who just turned 21, recently came home from two years in Germany with the Army. He had some pictures of a 17-year-old girl. He thought she was pretty. I thought she was fat. Oh. Well, soon after he got home, he got this letter from her written in German, which nobody around here can read. So how is he to know that she was telling him she was PG? He didn't <gasps> find this out until yesterday when he got a letter from her, from her, which she had a friend write in English. What is he supposed to do about this? He said that they were close, but not that close. Please help me. I have no husband. Oh. Signed, Soldier's Mother. Dear Mother. If your son is still in the army, he should talk to the legal officer in his outfit. If he can prove that he wasn't that close or that he could be absolved of all responsibility for the girl's condition, but if he is responsible, the laws are the same over there as they are here, and he may have to support the child. If your son is out of the army, he will need a civilian lawyer, preferably one who is versed in international law. Oh, Tam, why this place? <laughs> Exactly. That's These are called Boydoy. That is exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> this, um, you know, here's a fun fact about my uncle who was stationed in... Uh, Hanoi? Hanoi. No, was he in Vietnam? Oh, no, it was the Philippines. He was stationed in the Philippines, and he got himself a girlfriend over there, and her name was V. V. Ippolito. I've heard this story since I was a kid, and she wanted to come back with him to America, and the, she knew very little English, but what she did know was, I love you too much, and that's no bullshit. Wow. That's, she learned that line, and uh, it didn't work out between them, but who knows? Yeah. There could be It's di- It's small... a lot different than, my name is Kim, I like you, Chris. <laughs> well, that also had Cameron McIntosh behind it. Yes. But, Yeah. He he left behind a wake of destruction. You're not in talking his about path. Cameron Mac. Oh, that's Cameron Mannheim. Never mind. My uncle was a paratrooper. A parrot what? A paratrooper. Oh, paratrooper. Yes, and he was a badass too. He was tatted up. He had gold teeth, and he was a Shriner, a clown. Mm. So oh. when he wasn't terrifying the guys abroad, he was terrifying children at birthday parties. So I have like all. I think I only had one uncle who wasn't in it. My father was in. In military stuff, but he never left this continent. I can't even, I cannot even imagine being like 18, you have to be drafted. You're then taken away from like- Drafted? Taken away from your school, your McDonald's, your football <laughs> team, your, you know, all the normal things. Why did you dropped. have McDonald's? Because <laughs> it's Americana. It's like the things that you can see your and now comforts. you're- Now you're dropped in the middle of a Nothing. different country that is hostile. Yeah. And they don't want you there. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't know the terrain. You, there's like, 
you how are you supposed if you're raised in orange new jersey and then you're dropped there how the hell are you supposed to even like i have a hard time flying from here to chicago without shitting myself I can't now imagine, imagine that they throw you into a massive military airplane and not only do you have to go to a completely different country but they're just going to kick you out the back of the plane like we're not yeah. even landing yeah you're going to just land by by your own legs and then when you're landing you've got like leeches snakes Wild, like all these things. You've been inoculated against diseases you've never heard of. Right. But yet you have to like hand-to-hand combat with like a king cobra. Oh, good luck to you. On top of like, oh, is that a landmine? Like, fuck off. I remember my father also saying that there was a whole process where you'd stand in line and you'd see all the guys in front of you and it was like coming down the line where basically, and this is your nightmare, they shave your head. Mm Mm-hmm. No. They give you your standard issue, whatever, and then they had people on either side of you just giving you shots in the arms for all your inoculations. But like you just go right down the line. It was like a Ford military line. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. I don't think I could. I know, which is why we have people who actually want to, and we're going to have an interview with one of them later. I'm very excited He was a Marine. That. I know, especially a Marine. I feel like those are the baddest ass ones. Aren't Marines also like one step away from Navy SEALs? I'd like to say yes, but I'm not well-versed in this topic. But if you also think about, we have not experienced war on our own property. You know, like we go somewhere to fight. Yeah, well, famously, exactly. There's a new civil war, but it's all fought on Instagram right now. And it's Uh, really dumb. And it is dumb. But like when you think about that we have to recreate the conditions of war for rich people to run on the weekend. It's like a tough mutter. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, this is just rich people trying to pretend they're in war and then they can go have brunch afterwards. And then they get like a two hour massage where oh, like, yeah. these Marines are like, there is no fucking massage. And I on almost... top of that, the the impact of seeing all this shit and that lasting will stay with you forever. Yeah. I almost feel Can't like we imagine. all need a scared straight program where you know, not like actually getting drafted, which I can't even imagine. No. Can you imagine that you're a teenager and they're like, I don't care what you think because you're healthy. You're going over there. Yeah. And here's this gun that you've never touched before and go kill people and their families. <gasps> you have a like, 50-50 chance of coming home. And then when you do, if you do, we're going to kind of forget you. Or we're going to ask you to go back. Oh, my God. People who do two and three tours of like Afghanistan. this It's weird because there's like... I don't know. I mean, obviously, given the the state of everything and Corona and all that, there is a group that sends comics to Afghanistan to perform for troops. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that is something I want to do. And that surprises me that I say that because I'm scared of all of the everything. But there's a part of me that wants to go there to, like, have that experience and to, like, see them. Also because they're so grateful and thankful Mm -hmm. for the release of that and just being entertained Mm -hmm. for a couple hours and forgetting. So I don't know if they're starting that back up again, but I think I want to try to do that. I know I have friends who've done it. I think it's like the old, like, I think, was it like World War II or whatever, when they'd send like the biggest, yeah, Bob Hope, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, the USO shows. We're like, it wasn't just like, we're going to send that girl from two guys in a pizza place. And then that's ah. who the fuck that she is. They sent they were sending like the top tier because it's like because they honored them so much. Yeah. But you're gonna get Marilyn Monroe. And instead, like now it's like, we're gonna send you 
maybe some carrot top and, and it's some like, TikTok are you fucking celebs. crazy yeah oh god they should not send carrot top unless they plan on leaving him out there i just find i just think that i mean all those like movies about uh vietnam and like what happens afterwards and all oh these oh my god guys that are forgotten and um I just don't, I don't, I, I just really don't understand that. I really, like, I, it's hard to wrap. Miracle, like, baby. Right. Out of sight, out of mind. It, but it, it, I just think it's, it's incredible because what they're doing is absolutely extraordinary that mm-hmm. most Americans don't No, do. we'd never we're be that. Even, most would not be that selfless. No. I mean, myself or included. Not in even it. selfless, but forced to do it. Yeah. You know, That's and then the they do it part. and then they're like, I don't even want to go. I don't have any legs. I've just saw all of my friends. Like blown to bits, and now here I am in this shitty hospital mm-hmm. with shitty help. But we're gonna give you a little pin that's purple. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, and then I'm gonna roll you out in the parade, and we're all gonna cheer. But then we're probably gonna kick you. And out. then we'll like stop your benefits. Yeah. Wow, we're going dark today. I don't know if that's dark, but that's like a reality. I know. It's too bad. It's really too bad. I'm gonna be curious to talk to our guest today. And see what his experience was like. So he's he's lived like multiple lives, and we'll get further into that when we when we chat with him. Mm-hmm. But you know, and also the the physical battery of it, like the training that you have to go through. Is it like a Barry's every day? It's a Barry's boot camp, but like Real eight or nine camp. hours, and it starts at four a.m. and then it doesn't really stop for the next two, three years, or however long your tour is. Can't even imagine Barry's boot camp. Ah, all right. I have an article for you. Oh, Are you ready? No. It comes from the Petoskey News Review, Petoskey, Michigan, September 7th, 1988. Military offers many advantages. Dear Ann Landers, why are young men and women who go into the military considered second rate? Our son had no clear idea of what he wanted to do with his life when he graduated from high school and decided to join the Marines. He felt it would be a real challenge, and we did not discourage him. It seems, however, that every time we mention the fact that our son is in the service, my wife and I are put on the defensive by family and friends. Here are some of the replies. Number one, none of our children will be allowed to be in the military. We want them to associate with top-notch people, and the military attracts the dregs. My boss said this. Number two, what's the matter? Weren't his grades good enough to get him into a decent college? Number three, did he have trouble with the police? Number four, what a shame. The military will make a killer out of him. Will you please inform your readers that most young men and women enter the military after considering their options? College is fine if you want to go. I have a BS degree, but there is nothing magical about it. I hope you will print my letter. I have never seen this topic discussed in your columns. Signed, VLS in Swedesboro, New Jersey. Dear VLS! Your relatives, friends, and that boss of yours sound like idiots. And the needle artists, to boot. Ian, to boot. To boot. To boot. Can you imagine saying, although I did, my niece told me that she was going to West Point, and I was like, are you nuts? Well, what do they train you to do at West Point? I don't really know. I had never really spoke to my niece that much anyway, and I just thought it was crazy. And then she got me in trouble and and told my sister that's what I said. She's like, why did you make my daughter cry? I'm like, I didn't think I did. Did I? Oh my god! She's like you. You said something like, um, "That's crazy." I said, "It is crazy." I think it. Yes, it is crazy. There, we don't. We're not a military family. I don't understand yeah. it. 
I've never once hear you uttered the word military ever. So no, I don't. But is understand it more? It. I mean, do the, are the when they go to West Point, are they expected to serve? I don't know. I have no idea. I, to this day, I think I've had maybe four conversations. It's such a pretty campus, though. You should have encouraged. Uh, anyway. My brother did ROTC training. He went to Worcester Polytech and he did ROTC training. So that's training for the Army while you are in school, and it was so much. So imagine doing like a whole class load going for an electrical engineering degree, and then waking up at like 3 a.m. to do drills. I think I had two guys in my fraternity that did that. I still didn't understand it because I was like, so are you, are you part of the military or you just want the are military? training to be in the military? Is this like a faux military? Are they giving you money to go to school? I don't know. I don't know. I, like, again, I don't Army, very close to me. Me, nowhere near Army. Mm-hmm. I support you. Mm-hmm. I watch from afar. Mm-hmm. And I think he just has always been obsessed with war. I think he's more interested in like the uh, like the educational side of it. Like he, he likes to study wars. He goes places. He likes risk. Yes. Oh, he loves. Why did I just say that like Kim Novak? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he loves risk. Oh, God, play it. I suck your battleship. I'm so sorry. That's battleship. Different, but the same idea. Somebody Battleship and risk you. are different. I don't play either. No. Hit me with another article. This is from The Monitor, McAllen, Texas, October 28th, 1994. Yeehaw! Dear Abby, here's another clean army story. I was serving in the 4th Armored Division, General Patton's favorite unit, during the invasion of Normandy in 1944. Mm. To this day, I hate wearing anything on my head. And wearing my helmet, even in combat, I loathed. My captain was always yelling at me, Haley, put your helmet on. You want to get killed? I'd put it on and wear it until he was out of sight, and then I would take it off. One morning while I was shaving, I had my helmet propped between my feet, using it as a wash basin and using the side mirror, the side door mirror on my truck for a mirror. Enemy shrapnel blew my helmet from between my feet, leaving a good-sized hole in the side of the helmet. With my finger stuck through the hole, I went to my captain explaining, Captain, I'm sure glad I wasn't wearing my blankety-blank helmet when this shrapnel hit. He told me to get a new helmet. I sure wish I'd kept the one the one with the hole in it. Signed, Joseph Michael Haley. The hell? Hoppetakong, Hop- New Jersey? Hoppetakong. Hoppetakong. Oh, so close. Dear Mr. Haley, holy helmet! You certainly had a close shave. It's like oh. she has nothing to really say, but... No, because it's also a weird. It's not. There's no question. There is no question. He, he just wanted to be heard. He just wanted to Good say. Good for you, Beetle Bailey. Yeah. That's what that feels like. He's like, oh, I want to wear a stupid helmet. That's okay. You could just save your life. It messes up my hair. But that would be you, right? If you were in the army, I wouldn't have any like, hair. You'd just shave it. Well, I'd have to because it was the army. But then it's how you want to wear your shaved head. Yeah, I don't want to wear my helmet. You can't make me. That is 100% something I would do. Yeah. Good for you, Beetle. Would you wear your helmet on the back of your head like Debbie Gibson? I'd do like a kicky off to the side type sure. thing where you could just grab it and do the like a one singular sensation mm-hmm. whenever you need it. Just jaunty. Like over one eye like Judy Garland? Yeah, like um, like a tam shanter Come on, get happy. <laughs> Ma'am? Oh, Brian, fucking lay down. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the trenches. Where did you get that red sequin jumpsuit? 
Why did you bring your Halston, for Christ's sake? Isn't it wet? This is the one for the boys overseas. Pew, pew. <laughs> Forget oh, your good. job, boss. Come on. I think they're shooting at us, boys. Or is that applause I'm hearing? Liza, get down! I'm just here. I'm getting down and I'm getting up, too. I love the USO. I come here ASAP. That's what's missing from the world. More Liza in battle. All right. I have another article for you. Are you ready? This one is from the Longview Daily News. Longview, Washington. November. Who doesn't? I like a a short view. That's why I married my Jules. November 21st, 1968. Marine's unwritten law is nothing but a fantasy. Dear Ann Landers, is it true that if an officer in the United States Marines gets a divorce, it goes on his service record and his chances for a promotion drop to zero? This seems unjust, yet I am told it is the unwritten law of the Marines. When there is no love or respect and the wife is a sloppy, dull bore and the husband is staying with her only for the sake of the children, wouldn't it be better for everyone if they parted? Isn't a divorce more honorable, Marine or not, than living a lie? Why would a branch of the service have such an unfair hold on its men? What do you make of it? Signed, can't figure it. Dear Kant, I make of it you've been going with a married Marine who has no intention of divorcing his wife to marry you. That unwritten law is a Lulu. He dreamed it up just for you, doll. Ian! Sorry. Um, can't get a divorce. Gotta stay with the, with the wife. Is that a thing? Is Marines? that a military? Oh, I don't know. Actually, we should look that up right now, shouldn't we? I guess boop, we should. Boop, 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 doo is it Marines? Is it dishonorable? Discharge for divorce? Not discharged. Did he say discharged? Is it true that if an officer and he gets a divorce and it goes on a service record, he has zero, zero chances? Oh, for a promotion. That's bullshit. You can't do like, that. Like, if you get a divorce, then you'll never rise in the ranks of the Marines. <gasps> hey, we should ask our Marine buddy. There we go. There we go. He'll have the answer. He'll have the answer. And that's where we'll transition to a nice interview with Mr. Andre. Staff Sergeant for the U.S. Marines. Please welcome to Dear Pod, Andre Jackson! Hello, hello. Glad to be here. This oh, is really exciting. Welcome. We are so excited to have you, Andre. I think you are a, a beyond renaissance man. And you're sexy, <laughs> my God. I want his filters. I do, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. I am, I'm so excited to have you here to talk to us about the military theme that we are going after this week. Now, 
You're going to have to excuse my near-perfect ignorance of all things military and gently walk me through the process. Yeah, so uh, I became a Marine when I was a kid. Like, I, it was fresh out of high school, and it really came out of nowhere, uh, especially to my parents, who thought I was just going to go straight to college. But, um, yeah, I enlisted at 17 years old. Mom had to sign oh me up to go. And, um, yeah. Oh, my God. I, uh, yeah, it was nuts. What made you want to enlist at 17? You know, a lot of guys in my family served in the military. My dad was a, was in the Air Force. My stepdad was in the Air Force. I had uncles who were in the Marines, uh, the Army. And I always admired it, you know. And, but I was considered the studious, artistic kid in, in the family. And they never did anything really outside of farming, which was my whole family was doing farm, farming. I never really did anything that they considered tough or manly, you yeah. know? So it was me trying to prove not just to myself, but to my whole family, that I could do something besides draw pictures and, you know, make straight A's in school. Where'd you grow up? Arkansas. You grew up on a farm in Arkansas? Yeah, my family still does it to this day. It's, oh we've, it's been in our family, generation, family for like five generations. <gasps> so... Yeah, it's that's a, that's that's a whole nother life. You don't even know oh my life. god, I don't know you at all. This is like Forrest Gump. Oh my Andre. god, you know yeah. what? You're like the the male equivalent of the Winchester House. You just keep opening, and there's doors, and there's windows, <laughs> and there's staircases, and wow, this is interesting. So at seventeen, yeah. you enlisted. Indeed. Where did you go to basic training? San Diego. So um, you, you when you're in the Marine Corps, you either go to Paris Island. Or you go to San Diego. So if you're east of the Mississippi, they send you to Paris Island. And then if you're west of that, you go to San Diego. So I lucked out and I got sent to San Diego. They call us Hollywood Marines because Paris <laughs> Island is really Paris Island is really a, the pit of hell. Where's um, Paris Island? As far as basic training goes. It's in North Carolina. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's tough. It's they have these things called these these fleas that bite you everywhere. It's this <gasps> it's it's humid, it's hot, it's just, you know. What um, is the bad. process of training for the Marines? It's the longest basic training. It's um, it's like three and a half months. Oh. Um, yeah, it's... I would have been dead by Friday. <laughs> dead by Friday. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it, it takes a while. I mean, the, you, you get there and we have three phases. First phase, second phase, third phase. First phase is just breaking you down to nothing. They shave your head. They take all your clothes. Uh, you know, they, you know, you're walking around and they really grab. Everything's brown. Just a, just, a, just a big blob of brown. And then second phase, you start hair, hair starting to grow back. You're learning about what it takes to be a Marine. Learning how to march. Exercising constantly. So everybody's like, you know, getting their getting in really good physical shape and Go learning. The I know system. I was about to say you lost Patty and then you got Patty back. <laughs> oh, can yeah. we go straight to second phase? Yeah, yeah, but phase one is not your phase. No. Phase two. No, I just want to go no. straight to the Olivia Newton-John physical. <laughs> now, when do you get the onesie? Yeah, When, when do, do you, you get the banana hammock? The unitard. And when does the right, baby yeah. come out? Yeah, yeah. Third phase is like, you know, you're becoming a Marine then. So it's you're in the home stretch. But that takes... Three and a half months. It's the longest of all the branches uh, for a basic grant. Why is that? It's just really, it's, it's very, very, very technical. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, they, I mean, the, 
the amount of exercise that you do on a daily basis is extensive because once you become a Marine and most of our, it's, it's a, most of the positions in the Marine Corps are either supporting the combat squads or you're in a combat squad. It's really physically intensive. So you have to be prepared for that on a technical level and on a physical level. As opposed to a lot of the other branches, they have way more positions that are more administrative or supportive to combat. Uh-huh. Marines uh-huh. are fight, 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 fight for the most part. Really? So you're the on smallest, the front line. We're the smallest branch, too. We have the smallest numbers. But yeah. Now, when you go to enlist for this, can you say you want to be a Marine or you want to be in the Army? Can you pick a branch or are they picking it for you? No, you can pick. You can pick what you want. Um you know, it's, sometimes it depends on what you what your skill sets are. I mean, there are certain branches that you take this test called the ASVAB, uh, which scores you in things that are academic, like math and science, but also in things like if you turn this gear this direction, which direction does that gear move? Things like oh, that, wow. just to just to yeah, just to figure out are you good with mechanics and stuff like that. So if you depending on how you score on those things, it can exclude you from certain branches or oh. certain jobs in those branches they wouldn't want but, me in the marines oh God. trust me yeah. Yeah. Well, I, again yeah. i once mistook the atlantic ocean for a lake i'm not the person that you want working no. on bombs and, and diffusing things and no. all no and I, I don't think your your skin will probably fare well under that iraqi sun oh either. my god no i just i burst into flames <laughs> I'd vaporize. I'd like to see that. They'd be like, "We're sorry, Mister, Mister, and Mrs. McGuire. We just found a red smudge where we stationed her." And the, the tiniest <laughs> bra we've ever seen. <laughs> just in the desert. <laughs> this is her training bra back, man. Or it's a strange Barbie doll, but I don't know what this. But is. we think this is hers. This might be her. It says Corporal on it, so I think. <laughs> <laughs> so when you go, I'm I'm fascinated by. Okay, so the Navy SEALs, is that a branch of the Marines? No, it's not a branch. It's, it's the Navy. <laughs> so, oh, Navy. Wow. Oh, my Navy. God. It's in the name. Oh, my no, God, Andre. Why? <laughs> 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 this is why you don't oh, want me fighting God. for our country. No. No. I'm We'd not. all be speaking no, Russian be right problem. now. Yeah. Oh. I mean, you were great at the insurrection, but well, I don't think you'd be great at <laughs> If I could just be like a figurehead, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. like um, like, what's her name in Hunger Games? Well, I don't know. Katniss. Okay. Um, so okay, so you're done with basic training. What yeah. happens after you're done? So it, it depends on what you specialize in. The the jobs are called um, a military occupational specialty. So I was a combat marine. I started as an infantryman. So. If you're in the infantry, you go to the school of infantry. They're very creative in the naming of things. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you spend a few months in SOI, school of infantry, uh, and then you go on to whatever your assignment is, wherever you're stationed. And immediately? Yeah, that's I- immediately after after you finish school of infantry. <gasps> yeah. Were you scared at any point that, that something was going to happen? Were you ever nervous? Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, I remember, you know, this was the, toward the end of Desert Storm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So we went to, I was in Iraq. By this time I was 18. And there's just gunshots and explosions all day and night. And everyone's like sleeping and 
walking around having coffee and talking like it's normal. And my heart is like, I'm about to leave out of my chest because I'm a kid and I'm hearing explosions oh. and gunfire on a daily basis all day. But then you get used to it, strangely enough. Like yeah. a sound machine. Uh, <laughs> a sound yeah, machine like of gunshots. Exactly. relaxing. It is yeah. so relaxing. Just, yeah. Yeah. Moab. But you know, you, you're with all these other guys and everyone's still in the same stuff and you're there for each other. And that's really what gets you through it. It's the guys that you're serving with. Is uh, the camaraderie, like you're still tight with the guys that you were in, in the Marines with, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. They're like, they're like family. Yeah, they're like my brothers. They are my brothers. Do you guys just have to like make each other laugh constantly in order to pretend that you're not where you are? All the time in the most inappropriate ways. But that's how you get through it. <laughs> Yeah, you have to laugh at the absurdity of it. I mean, yeah. that's what I've said is one of my goals now, one of my dreams is to go over and like entertain USO style, the military. Like there's comedians who do it. And I think it would be so cool to go over there and like be part of that. Hell to yeah. Make and you talk laugh. about a group of guys who are ready to laugh. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely. love it. You would love it. You would love it. What? They love you too. What, what, what? Oh, well, God, you heard it here, ladies God, and gentlemen. I'll go with you. Gotta you get... know what I mean? <laughs> this is Patty. He's my uh, manager. Masseuse? Yeah, my assistant. <laughs> he comes with me wherever I go. Uh, are you guys in phase two? During the training, <laughs> is it, was there ever a point during training where you were like, I can't do this? I don't think I'm cut out for this? No, not for me, but you know, the, that happens a lot. I mean, there were a lot of guys I was in training with, you know, you just hear sobbing at night, you know, you're in the barracks. And I remember this one story I'll tell you, there's this guy, he's huge, huge six foot four black guy, 220 pounds, just pure, like a linebacker and that's all linebacker. Mm -hmm. And this, I mean, this, this was like a, a prototype of like a Marine poster. And you know, I was on sentry duty one night. Sentry duty is when you're just guarding the barracks. So I'm guarding the barracks, reading a book, and I just hear like the softest sobbing. <laughs> and it's him, and he's he's in his bunk and he's just crying. And he said, "I can't do this. I can't do this." Now this is not like anybody. If you would have picked anybody out of a lineup and say which one of these guys is going to cry, you wouldn't pick him. He'd be the last one you pick. It hits different people differently depending on your circumstances, depending on you personally, individually. Mm -hmm. So I didn't experience it, but there's plenty of that that goes on in training, after training. You know, it's it's not easy. It's not an easy gig. No kidding. Um, when you, yeah. where was your first um, <laughs> station? Station. Where were you stationed? <laughs> I was just in port. What's with me in the <laughs> yeah, Navy? Actually, I got <laughs> <laughs> right after uh, SOI, I got sent right back to San Diego. So that was my first. That's why I was stationed the first time at Camp Pendleton, in San, just outside San Diego. Okay. So uh, yeah, that was that was the first place. But I've been to. I was stationed in Japan, uh, stationed in North Carolina. Um, oh, that's where Paris Island is in South Carolina. I was stationed in, in uh, North Carolina, mm -hmm. uh, Virginia. Been all over the place. Did you ever go anywhere that it was really? incredibly nerve-wracking for you what's the most nerve-wracking place you know what when i uh when it became a, a special forces marine because of the nature of the job that was the most you know mentally and emotionally nerve-wracking 
Um, it's a it's a very specialized job, very 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 dangerous job. What is and that? you? Yeah. yeah. What is special forces? Do you, I mean, can you fly or walk through walls? What does that mean? <laughs> no, it's it's a it's like an elite fighting force. So, like the, the Navy SEALs, for example, mm-hmm. they're they're a special forces branch of the Navy. Force Recon is what the, the division that I was in. So we go, we operate in very small teams. So instead of a whole battalion of Marines showing up on your beaches or whatever. We operate in teams of seven to ten, and we may drop out of the sky in the middle of the night from uh, a low-flying aircraft, a helicopter, or a plane in the middle of the night undercover. And then we're out the next day. We've been in and out before you even knew we were there. So that can be a very stressful. (laughs) I can never complain about my job again. Whenever somebody's like, oh, I had a real shit show tonight. I mean, but, you know, nobody died, only emotionally. Correct. Wait, so you you would have to, you jumped out of planes and helicopters late at night, and you'd go in and, and, I mean, can you you actually, like, talk about what you did when you would get into places, or is that not okay? Yeah, I mean, no, I can. It's just not... Of course, not specifics, but yeah, yeah. the nature of the job is you gather information, you get information on the ground uh, about um, people's capabilities, their, their staffing, how many possible in- enemy combatants are there, how many um, civilians are present, uh, you know, structures, if, it's, if the structure is a school or if it's housing ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, we do rescues. Um, we do all that stuff, all the, all, all the stuff you see in movies. <laughs> we do a lot of that stuff. Have you ever so. been in my backyard? <laughs> uh, have you been dropped in the middle of your backyard? Have you ever been dropped in the middle of New Jersey? <laughs> uh, yes, by the Marines. What is, can you give me a best and a worst experience in your time with the Marines? To be honest, the best is just everyone coming home safely. Mm-hmm. And the worst is when you lose somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that is the toll that the biggest toll that, that all men and women in service face is loss of your, your partners in arms. You know, Oof, yeah. that's, that's the thing that really keeps people up at night and, you know, that makes it really, really difficult to do our job. And I think it's the part that, that a lot of people underestimate unless you've done it before, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? How many so years? So that's did the you... hardest part. But no, no, go uh, ahead. Six years active. Yeah. How many years was I in the surface? Yeah. Um, six years active and then two years inactive. Inactive is when you're a reservist. So you're sort of on standby. Okay. Just in case they need to call you back, reactivate you. Are you still so, yeah. a reservist then? Or when do you do you no. do you age out or what do you do? You, you have uh, a contract period. So mm-hmm. once your contract period is up, your enlistment is what we call it. You can re-enlist and, for another tour, or you can say, I'm out, I'm done, mm-hmm. and go back to civilian life, which was, that was extremely difficult, going, becoming a civilian again. You know, that transition from being a soldier to a civilian is extremely difficult, especially for a lot of combat Marines, combat soldiers, period. It's very difficult because the 
the difference in lifestyle and difference in mentality and just walking around, just going to the grocery store. It's so different. You feel so removed from society. Really? So, um, yeah, that, that transition is tough. I'm fascinated by this. <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah. So, so when you, uh, how many tours did you do in that six years? Just the one? Uh, I did, well, I did one tour. So it's, that's like one enlistment. And then I had the, the tour in the reserves. Uh, so I did one enlistment. I didn't re-enlist for a second year. Mm-hmm. By then I'd graduated college. I discovered the, the joys of acting. And, <laughs> oh, yes. and you were like, I want to so, feel a yeah. whole new kind of pain. Can I ask a stupid question? Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, so I always thought a tour meant that's when you're that's when you leave the United States. So that that's mm-hmm. incorrect, or that, it, or is a tour part of? It's like, not completely incorrect. Uh, a tour can also be defined as when you are sent overseas on TDY, like temporary deployment. Uh-huh. Uh, all these acronyms, and then you come back. So some people say that was a tour of duty. Okay. But technically speaking, a tour is one term of enlistment. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But people use the terms loosely. And when you were done, you just felt like it's done. I'm time. It's time to move on. Yeah. You know, I knew sort of toward the end that this wasn't something I want to do the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, it was, you have to compartmentalize your feelings and sort of wall your feel your your own personal emotions off just to survive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just a matter of survival. I didn't want to continue doing that. And then when I discovered acting, it was like the walls were torn down. Ooh, the it's, floodgates it's like, opened. Release the floodgates. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> let the horses know. out, boys. He's <laughs> yeah, been feeling yeah. feelings for six years that the U.S. hasn't allowed him to feel. <laughs> Well, I'm sure that oh you have gosh. to. It's, it's a protective device because how can you categorize hearing gunshots and bombs going off and being cool with it if your brain doesn't have yeah. to shut down a certain part of it just to protect yourself? Just to protect yourself. Yeah, so it's that's really what it is. It's, it's just to survive. And if you can't do that, you're really putting yourself and everybody around you at risk. But, you know, imagine the release of that, being able to to and encouraged to release that when previously I was encouraged to suppress that. And once I discovered that feeling, it's just like, Oh Jesus, I want, I want more of that. And so, uh, when she goes from black and white into the Emerald city, there you go. I was Dorothy. All right. Truer words. We'll take that. I'm telling you. (laughs) So when you left there, did you go to school for acting or did you just say, the hell with everything. I want the extreme opposite of the military experience. I'm going to run <laughs> screaming to New York, baby. No, no, no. I, I went to school. I I was taking, I took an acting class my senior year of college. And just, just to get the fine arts credit out of the way. Mm-hmm. And just fell in love with it. So my acting instructor at the time, she said, you should try to pursue this when you graduate. So she wrote down a list of schools and I, I just decided I'm gonna just apply to whatever one she recommends in this list. Mm-hmm. I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, I auditioned and got into that school the same week I was accepted to medical school. 
<gasps> wait, so what? Imagine, wait, stop wait, it. Wait, Back yeah, it up. Shut your this throat. is not okay. What are you talking? What are you, how do you loosely toss that in? <laughs> so I, was, I did a tour. I, and then I, I, I got to accepted to Harvard, and then school. I became a lawyer for like a couple minutes. Gold you applied and, uh, to med school and to acting school. What med school was this? What did you want to yeah. do? Uh, University of Kansas. So I thought I wanted to be a thoracic surgeon. My degree is in biology. So um, here I am. Yeah, I know. I'm just. I'm this sorry. The, the audience cannot see me shaking my head, going. You just casually wanted to be a thoracic surgeon. Like you do. And you got yeah. accepted. Like you do. Like one does. School. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like the same the same week that I got this acceptance from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I told my mom, we were just having this conversation the other day, and she was laughing at it, even though she wasn't laughing at the time. <laughs> I told her that I wanted to I wanted to be an actor. And she did not speak to me for about a year and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not because she was angry. She was crushed. She couldn't speak without tearing up, crying. Because she felt like... So I just called and my stepdad would say, your mom says hi. And she's in the back, tell him I love her. You know, she's in the back. (laughs) For for a year and a half, she just, she's like a fable. She just kept crying until she just (laughs) had two pools in her backyard. Wow. That's what, well, she's, you know, not yeah. unlike most mothers. My mother was like, oh, can't you become a lawyer? And I was like, with my Irish rage, you don't want me in a courtroom. I would just be subpoenaed <laughs> left, right, and center. And you're like, ma'am, can you please stop saying so's your old man when you're in court? It's just not becoming. <laughs> it's inappropriate. Yeah, it's just, you know, I wouldn't, like you're not meant to be certain things. If, you, if your heart isn't, your heart was not in the heart game. No, not at all. No. Not at all. I, and, yeah, I mean, um, I figured I could try acting. And if it didn't work out, I could always go to medical school after that. But it didn't really work the other way around. So it's I figured, uh, you know, you know, I'll give it a shot and see what happens. It, it's clearly it worked out. Clearly. You graduated from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, correct? Yeah, And right. then what happened from there? You just, Broadway was like, we want this Marine slash heart surgeon slash <laughs> uh, short order cook slash, um, you know, farm hand. <laughs> like, what, how did, so Lion King came along. Yeah, my roommate, he was a uh, usher at his theater in Los Angeles. And the Lion King happened to be there. And he said, dude, you got to see this show. It's, it's amazing. And I, I pictured, you know, it's Disney, The Lion King. I saw the, I grew up watching the cartoon. So I figured it's going to be people in furry costumes running around, like, like what we have here in Times Square, New York. And I thought, I don't want to see that. Yeah, it's not real theater. And so uh, he said, well, I got, <laughs> he's, like, I got free tickets. Come down and check it out. It's blown away. So a few months later, they were having open call auditions. I auditioned, actually auditioned three times before I got cast. And they cast me for the show, for the tour, the Lion King tour. And within about a year, I became Simba in the show. And then that led to Las Vegas, Simba in Las Vegas, and then Broadway. So, yeah. And your mother wasn't crying anymore because she had comps through you. Yeah. The most popular woman on the block. Yeah, those tears stopped real fast when you gave her a Disney hoodie. 
Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That yeah. was just dried up really fast. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of the cool things is that your the group of Marines that you were still friends with, they came to see you perform on Broadway. What was that like? Yeah. That was uh, two worlds that were never supposed to collide. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I was full flop sweat in my dressing room before I, you know, before you swing out on that vine. Uh, they come to the show. I was in San Diego uh-huh. and performing in the Lion King. And a lot of guys, they were still stationed there or they just decided to move there. It's a beautiful place. They said, um, a buddy of mine called and said, hey, um, dude, I hate to ask you this, but my girlfriend wants to come see you in the show that you're in. Um, is there any way you can get tickets for us? If you can't, don't worry about it. <laughs> I said, I'm sure I can get you tickets. You sure you want to see it? It's not really your thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I tried everything I could think of to discourage her from doing it. And they said, no, we want to come. So got them tickets. And I knew they were there. He texted me and said, hey, we're in the audience. We're on the front row. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. They're in the front row? Front row. Oh, my God. Just a row of Marines. Just a row of Marines sitting there. And I swung out on that vine. They're doing Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna. (gasps) And I swung out. And I dropped center stage. And I just locked eyes with the whole row of them. And I'm supposed to be singing at this point. There's no worries for the rest of me. Dead. Nothing. Silence. My throat closed up. <laughs> oh. They're looking at me and I'm looking at them. Their jaws are in their laps. My eyes are big as silver, do- silver dollars. And I snapped out of it and caught up with the last verse of the thing and get my little cartwheel and flipped off stage. And <laughs> the whole show, I couldn't stop looking at them. They're just looking at me like, who is this person? And after the show, they're waiting in the lobby and they're like, yeah, that was you up there, huh? <gasps> you were singing and you were singing and dancing. You were singing and dancing. Wait, so I, it, when somebody <laughs> sees a show of mine and afterwards states fact, that makes me nervous. Right. Were they just That's... over, like when they just start, start, start like they're like, you, you wore costumes, you breathed air. <laughs> like if they're just stating right. really neutral facts, was that a good thing or a bad thing? Or were I, they just to overwhelmed? This day, I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> have you talked just, to them since? We, were, we, we, we spoke, we tried not to speak of it. I mean, oh. It was like, we're just saying this out loud to both acknowledge that this just happened. I saw you on stage. You had on makeup and you were singing and dancing and doing cartwheels. And that's what you were doing. And good for you. Where are we going for dinner? (laughs) You know, it was just. Now, their girlfriends and wives were over the moon. Oh, that's so beautiful. You're so wasn't he great, honey? Yeah, he's cool. Oh my god, <laughs> he did a it's good like, job. That whole good front job. row was I'm made there. up of my brother. Yeah, like that's that's exactly yeah. you explain. Like these these sound like Bostonians to me, which is yeah, hey, yeah, yeah all right, thanks. That was pretty good, kid. Jeez, it's wow, most uncomfortable situation. We still don't talk about it. I mean, it's like <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's funny. That is bizarre. Yeah, it's terrible. It was terrible. And, but you still hang out with these guys, right? Or you still, whenever you yeah, can. Yeah, we, 
whenever we can. You know, uh, a couple of them, one of my uh, friends who I served with in, in Forest Recon, he came with his family actually to the show. Um, he wasn't in that initial group. He was, <laughs> he was, he was, he was, uh, this is a, this is a completely separate friend. Uh-huh. Uh, but he came to the show about two years ago, brought his family and absolutely loved it. And very differently than the first time around, raved about how great he thought, thought I did in it and how great the show was. That is wild. Wow. That's so funny. Too. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Yeah. Uh, are you happy yeah. that with the time that you spent there? Like, are there any regrets? Do you do you regret having done it, or are you just do you feel like you learned oh. so much when you were there? I don't regret a second of it. It, it uh, largely because it was such a formative time in my life. Yeah, like I said I was seventeen years old, so I grew up. I became a man in the Marine Corps, and it shaped so much of who I am to this day. That has served me so well in my life and prepared me so well for. <laughs> ups and downs of life, especially being an actor or working in this crazy industry that I'm in right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, I, I imagine for anything. I imagine that as an actor, whenever anybody bitched about like, oh, I need a 10 minute break. I've been dancing all day. You're like, whatever. Let me tell you about <laughs> yeah. my tour in Afghanistan and see if you bitch about that after you sit down with me. It per- The perspective yeah. it must spin on the rest of your life. And it, did you learn like the discipline? Absolutely. You said it. You said exactly. I couldn't say it any better. I'm one of the most disciplined people that I work with in this industry. And it's just because it was sort of drilled into me and then it became a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. So when I have something I want to do with my wife, she's like, you don't stop until you don't care how many people tell you no, you don't care how difficult it is. You don't care. It doesn't matter to you how much time it takes. You just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it until you finally do it. And everybody knows that about you, and it's super annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I think it's an awesome trait. I'm so proud of you. It's the reason that, like, like you've you've lived 20 different lives, and you excel at everything that you do because you go all out. Yeah, absolutely. I try to put everything into it. And what are you doing now in your fifth life? (laughs) Yeah, right now I am, I'm writing for uh, a television show called Magnum P.I. It's the, it's the reboot of the 80s. Up, you said I grew it up like, watching Magnum P.I. Of course, I love that you said it like, it's a little nothing, it's a little, just a trifle. It's called mm-hmm. Magnum P.I., you may have heard of it. I don't know if you've heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You may have heard of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up wanting to be Tom Selleck, and uh, now I'm writing on that show. I'm a staff writer for that show. Oh so I've been doing that for the last month. It's been an amazing experience. I'm working with some of the most talented people I've ever met. Um, it's a steep learning curve. I've never worked in a room before. I've never, I've always written solo. Yeah. And um, I've never been staffed before. So that is a whole other beast. Pitching in a room and understanding the process of television. And it is a process. Under, understanding that is something that I'm still trying to do. Every day I'm learning a ton of new skill sets that I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be using for hopefully for the years and years to come. But it is so much fun. Well, trial so by fun. fire seems to be how you live your life. Yeah, it seems like that's where that's you true. excel. You thrive on that. Yeah. Thrive on the unknown. I do. And I mean, not for nothing, you did say when you were a kid you wanted to be Tom Selleck. So maybe because you're <laughs> such a stick to guy, 
Who you are. I mean, you're, yeah. you, 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 you said you don't care how long it takes. Eventually, you are going to become Tom Selleck. I think that that will be your next assignment. That's, I'm already, I'm growing in the chest hair. It's coming in nicely. <laughs> I can see it looks lush. Yeah. You know, if I, could, if I can get this mustache to get coming in, I'll be all right. Yeah. You really got it. It may take some drugs, Hawaiian but shirt. we're yes. going to make it happen. Get your there Hawaiian you shirts and your flip flops ready. That's right. Uh, I'm going to ask you the question that we ask every guest here on Dear Pod. What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? You know what? We, we've talked about it a little bit already, but it's my grandmother. Talk. I was raised by my grandmother. And, uh, People always said to her, like, oh, what is Andre going to be? Uh, he, he's good at this. He's good at that. He can do all these things. And she said, well, I don't care what you become, as long as you do it to the very best of your ability. Whatever you do, I want you to be the best at it. You could be a janitor. You could, you could be mopping the floor. And I want people to say, oh, my God, Bernice. Have you seen how clean Andre gets these floors? You know, you could, you could be emptying the trash and, and people will say, my God, nobody throws a hefty bag like Andre Jackson. <laughs> and I he believe it too. Those bags. The best thing about your grandmother is she was saying it thinking you'd go down one path, not 70, right. and excel at every single right. thing that you did. So I think that you've made her proud. With her piece of so. wisdom. So. Ten times over. Yeah. Uh, where can people follow so. you if they want to find you online? Do you like stalkers? Yeah, we got a lot of stalkers. We got a few. I love stalkers. Oh, good. Well, then <laughs> tell them where they can stalk. On. Give them your address. I'm on all the socials. I'm on uh, on the socials. I'm, it's easy. Across the board, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. It's I'm Andre Jackson. Simple to re- easy to remember. I'm Andre I am Jackson. Andre Jackson. And Nice. Just, just I am. I'm. No, I'm Andre Jackson. I'm Andre Jackson. No, I'm Andre Jackson. Just casual. Just easy. You're so no, I'm I Andre am. Jackson. Yeah, that's so much no, better I than am. all and, uh, the officials yeah. and the real Andre Jackson. So, so everybody, you can find Andre, fabulous, multi-talented, current Renaissance man, online on <laughs> at I'm Andre Jackson across the board. You have been such a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for sitting down with us and explaining that the difference between the Navy and the Marines to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had to start real it's base. Been a exactly. I, hey, I'm a fan since episode one. So oh, you wow. and Patty, you guys get me through my workouts in the mornings. <gasps> it's a dream come true to be on the show. What? Oh my God. Well, we're going to throw in some more military commands. If, we, if you're working out to us, we'll be like, and Andre, if you're out there, one, two, three, four. I don't know. I, I can well, count. That's, that's, that's all I can do. That's the only thing that I can give to the U.S. Yeah. military. Maybe, maybe you could have been a drill instructor. Maybe that. Maybe you could have missed your calling. I could have, but I would have done a lot more five, six, seven, eight, and I think I would have been cut eventually anyway. <laughs> They're like, Aaron, there's four more numbers before five, six, seven, eight. Okay? A five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Boys. Bo- oh, guns. Oh, those are real guns. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm not meant to be a military gal. <laughs> But you clearly, I thank you for your service, sir. Thank you for defending the country. Thank you. Oh, you are wonderful. Thank you, you, Andre Jackson.
Wait, do it, do it with like a little bit of a military flair. Instagram mail. Instagram mail. It is time for Instagram mail. Salute! I can't do that. I don't know each Let's start this again. All right. That sucks. It's time for some Instagram mail, people. Instagram mail. Time for. Okay. Instagram, Instagram mail, Instagram mail. We're saluting you on this military Instagram mail. One of those podcasts bleeding from my gut. Everything hurts my uterus. Hurts. Everything is painful, and I'm going to. Oh hi, hi everybody. <laughs> That's right. It's time for Instagram mail. This is the the segment of our fabulous podcast that has 200 segments. Where we take your advice questions. So email us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at dearpodofficial. Slide away, baby. If you have an advice question that needs an answer, we will answer it for you. We're going to answer it all the way deeply. And and exhale to a peak of bodega. In, then out, then in, in, in. in. Deeper. Seven, 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 eight. (laughs) Go for it. We have one Instagram mail question Correct. this week. Here so it is. you do it, boo. Dear Pod, the circus is coming to town and my daughter desperately wants to go. Problem is, I'm terrified of clowns. Seriously. Clowns give me panic attacks. It's been like this since I was a kid. Even if a photo of a clown sends me into sweats. How do I get past this for her, for her sake? I would have someone else bring her, but she wants it to be just the two of us. What do I do? Signed. Don't send in the clowns. Please don't. Don't send in the clowns. The only song I know how to play on piano. Don't bother. <laughs> and you know everybody's He's requesting here. that. Don't, don't bother. <gasps> He's here. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I would sing that if it came to clouds. The clowns in the house. The clowns in the house. The call's coming from inside my soul. <laughs> I don't remember Betty Buckley doing it like this. The squeaky sound is coming from in the house. Oh, God. It's getting, it's getting closer. closer. <laughs> His pants fell down. It's okay. He just squirted me. He slipped on a banana. <laughs> He'll be fine. All right. What is her answer? Dear don't. Ever since John Wayne Gacy and the movie Poltergeist, you couldn't drag me to the circus or even to McDonald's. What the hell does a greasy burger and fries have to do with a clown anyway? He can't even eat the food because it'll mess up his face. You never see Ronald McDonald bite into anything. How do you know that it's safe? Sounds suspicious to me, and that's just my view on clowns altogether. They are suspicious. Always a trick up their sleeve and never take no for an answer. In fact, they like it when you say no so they can squirt you with a flower or put a ratty handkerchief through your ear, pushing you over the edge until you're the jerk that punched a clown in front of a group of kids. Furthermore, a circus is just a breeding ground for animal cruelty served with a smile and balloon animals. If you were an elephant, would you want someone riding on top of you doing cartwheels while someone else whips you at the stand? Don't think so. These are wild creatures trying to be tamed for the delight of children. Just like in The Handmaid's Tale, you can only push June so far before that 10 minutes of an extreme close-up results in someone being stabbed to death with a trophy and then thrown in the trash. Kids need to know the truth. No Santa, no Easter Bunny, no Tooth Fairy, and that guy selling puddin' pops used to drug and rape women. 
Your child needs to be exposed to the dark underbelly of circus life and the mistreatment of, of animals that work tirelessly without food or a water break. Not too dissimilar to the treatment of poor Mariah Carey during the filming and press junket of the movie Glitter. It is harsh to expose them at such an early age? Well, yes, but just ask the victims in John Wayne Gacy's Crawl Space how they feel about clowns now. Signed, Abby. Wow, you went dark. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying that my father used to work uh, right by Boston Garden, and uh, he would ride the elevator with the elephants. When you know, when the circus came into town, he would literally ride the elevator with the elephants. And then when they went to go break down the garden and rebuild it to make it TD mm-hmm. Crazen's, you know, Coca Cola Bank, American Airlines, sure. whatever the hell. Um, T.D. Bank proudly proudly presents the California Raisins concert. (laughs) Wait, what's happening? What, aren't they? They cut it in half, which was cool to see because you could just see like the guts of the old garden. Mm -hmm. But they found um, remains in there from a monkey that got loose from the circus and died in the wall of the Boston Garden. Not to bring the room down, but it seems to be brought down anyway. I so I figured, let me down. just ice this cake while it's already on the floor. I'm going to ice this cake with some monkey fur. Yes. The poor monkey died in the wall of the garden. Rip monkey. Rip tag. Rip monkey. Rip Monkey torn. tag. Rip torn. <laughs> All at no, once. No, no. All at once I'm rip torn. Not enough I'm people are named Rip. I'm just no, saying. No, they're not. Or Rex. Or we should bring it back. Rip and Rex. Rip and Rex. Next the, podcast. My next two dogs. Rip and Rex. Hi, Rip and Rex. He lets him rip. All right, here's Anne's answer. Dear Bozo, rest assured you are not alone in your fear of clowns. Never in the history of anything has anyone said, Wow, gee, I sure did enjoy that clown performance. Or, that clown was so hilarious. Or, you know what would make this bachelor party better? A clown. (laughs) Whether it's Pennywise or Ronald McDonald, no one likes a clown. No one sees a clown coming and thinks, Oh, now the fun begins. Aside from the word moist, we all share a common distaste for a clown. Your condition has a name. It's cholrophobia. And it was most likely triggered by a traumatic event, a learned fear, the Hollywood fear machine, or most likely that clowns just suck. Whatever the case, your daughter is causing you to face your fears head on, which isn't a bad thing. Her excitement over these chuckleheads is forcing your hand in the psychological battle between you and Krusty. I recommend a combination therapist slash heavy drug approach. In the weeks leading up to the circus, which, by the way, why is that still a thing? Find a therapist to talk to about your fears surrounding clowns. But more importantly, get them to write you a prescription. Something with just enough kick that you won't feel anything, but not enough that someone calls social services. You know what I mean? Just a little anti-anxiety med to take the edge off that makes you forget why you decided to have a child in the first place. Then buy tickets far away from the stage to avoid the possibility of those assholes breaking the fourth wall and dragging you into the ring for audience participation. The only thing people hate more than clowns is being forced to perform with them. Good luck, you sorry scaredy cat. And don't date a contortionist. Ayan! The clown and poltergeist. Have you ever seen a clown toy that doesn't look like Terrifying? Something sinister. No, I've never seen, whether it be a human clown or a clown toy, no one likes a clown. They never look like, oh, that's fun. No, they don't. That's that's relaxing. I want that in my bedroom. Because once you have that that other image, 
like, oh, here's a clown. And then they show you John Wayne Gacy as a clown. You're like, yeah, I'll be in his crawl space. But this is like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did Hollywood create this or have clowns always been fucking terrifying? I think they're terrifying. They just are. Mike Jules, what made you want to be a clown? I wanted to entertain the masses and make them laugh. That is a lie. Okay. He's full of shit. I you mean, wanted the, to wear your skin and keep a hair pie in the basement. Well, if you're gonna, if you want to do that, why don't you just be Dolly Parton? She's kind of a clown. She's got the hair and makeup. It's true. Her look takes hours to get into. I mean, you could have had any choice. Why clown? Do you know that my um my high school guidance counselor pulled me into his office one day and he slid an application across his desk for a clown college. That's how much faith he had in me. Barnum and Bailey Clown College. There's literally a section where you would live called the foam rubber room. I, what? Are your parents <laughs> paid to go? No, to I. To you school? you didn't go to clown college, did you? No. All right, let's do some specialty cocktail. Let's land this damn plane. It's time for a specialty cocktail. Classy teacher. No, I don't want your clown tail. Please. Get your red noses on, kids. It's time for a specialty clown cocktail. We should do a clown-themed cocktail one time, just for my jewels, just to help him get back in touch with his youth and touch himself. All right. This week's specialty cocktail is the Captain's Grog. James Jules Ferris wants you to drop and give him 20 and wipe that smile off your face. Hey up! All right. Are you ready? Everybody relax, because there's a lot of ingredients. Relax! Relax! This is the best way for me to get someone to relax is to scream relax at them. I'm very in tune. All right. For this, you will need one half ounce of Jamaican rum, one half ounce of aged rum, one half ounce of white rum, one quarter ounce falernum, falern, one quarter ounce curacao, quarter ounce pure maple syrup, Three quarters of an ounce fresh grapefruit juice, half ounce fresh lime juice, quarter ounce orgat, quarter ounce vanilla syrup. Did you get all that, people? I'll start from the top. <gasps> I'm kidding uh, you. In a cocktail shaker, combine the rums, falernum, maple syrup, grapefruit juice, orgat, and vanilla syrup. Dry shake, as you can hear behind me, and pour into a Collins glass over crushed ice. Swizzle and top swizzle. How does one swizzle mm. Mm. and top with crushed ice? With Garnish with freshly grated cinnamon, a lime wheel, and three Luxado cherries. Or, as he wrote on here by accident, cherries. I'll have three cherries, please. Here are his tasting notes. When I think of the military, I think of the hooky Lao room of the Captain's Inn in Long Beach, California, circa 1960s. Think of this drink like a platoon in basic training. Individuals bringing their own strength and personalities to the group, all competing to be up front. And with these ingredients, it's going to be a fight to the end as to which flavor dominates. The Jamaican rum is going to add a little bit of funkiness, but also adds a lot of oak and molasses flavor. Just make sure you don't take the camp's tank out for a spin after drinking one of these, because this cocktail can send you to the brig if you're not careful. Aye, matey. Aye. So let's open up our treasure trunks and take a sip of this 
bad daddy and our Luxado cheeries. Mm. Oh, are you excited for some Captain's Grog? Oh, uh, Captain's Grog. I never got into any of the pirate-themed things. No. Uh, even like a steampunk pirate. It was never my look, never my jam, never liked a pirate movie all that much. I have to agree with you. I, okay. I, I didn't get into that. I think Goonies was the only one who was able to bridge the pirate gap for me. Same. Yes. Because it's only about 10 minutes long. Exactly. Let's make this minimal. Right. You know. But a pirate ship, it's like this, something doesn't seem right. I never wanted to be a pirate when it's I was like the arc. Halloween. Something's not right. Yeah. You're like, something's a little bit off. I, yeah. And I never wanted to be like a pirate girl and like, ah, me lassie. And how is some guy, think about Captain Hook. He's got a hook and he's got a peg leg. This guy can't win. Why are you afraid of him? And he's wearing like the Seinfeld shirt. You could like, outrun what? him. You could do anything. He has a. He only has one leg, and it's not like he's Oscar Pistorius. He's got one arm, and he's got a wig on, like and a wig. That's a good point. Oh, <gasps> she's dressy, matey. I will take like this. Kim from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> oh my god! So, oh, oh god. wait, take a whiff. Oh, salon. Oh, oh my. Eat one of those cherries. Wow, whatever this thing has been marinating in, I can see through time. What are you talking about, the cherries? Mm Mm-hmm. How's the actual drink? It's great. I'm actually liking it. Me too. It surprises me because when you have this many ingredients, you really think, oh, there's no way. And especially a rum-based drink, I never do a lot of rum. This has three different rums in it. So yo, ho, Ho, oh. ho. What just fell on me? Your cherry. Oh, I dropped my cherry. Oh, God, no, don't drop that. Oh, God. I'm going to rip cinnamon, my cherry out. And the cinnamon you think wouldn't work, it does work. All of the pieces work together, and it's kind of a <clears throat> summery beverage. You know that Beyonce song where she talks about rip my cherry out? Oh, no. You can rip my cherry out. Ew. Cherry out. That's fucking violent. Right? Yeah. Rip Again, it it's out. one of those, read it as a monologue. I'm about to get into this, girls. Mm-hmm. This is for all the grown women out there. Well, no. I can't wait till I get home so you can tear that cherry <gasps> out. Turn that cherry out. Turn that cherry out. I can't wait till I get home so you can tear that cherry out. Oh, I never knew those lyrics. And then it's repeated seven other times. Yeah, I sing this in my car, by the way. I I sung this in my car. I've never known it was tear that cherry out. That's painful. I want... Tear the cherry out like you're a banana seat on a bike and I'm 12 years old. This goes back to like the Beyonce versus uh, Beck when Beck won like a Grammy and only Beck went up to receive it because he wrote, produced, and did everything on the album. And then Beyonce won and like she had 35 people up there. Yeah, and she's like, he wrote the cherry line. He wrote the Skittles line. I said, tear it out. And then he said, no, rip it out. And so we just decided to meet in the middle. Right. And I want to thank you guys for tearing my cherry out. Yeah. And thank the Grammy committee. Yeah. Anyone have a wet nap? I'll see you guys at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This episode of Dear Pod is mixed and edited by Jim Ferris and is a property of Pineapple Ranch Productions. 